Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. In, uh, in 10 days' time, I'm really excited to say that I will be uh, celebrating my 20th anniversary to my wonderful wife, Heidi. So, uh, <laughs> I know there's folks here who have been married longer, but it just feels really good, you know. To, to be at this point and, 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 and know that there's so many years ahead. To know that every morning when I wake up, that lady's going to be right there next to me. That the fact that she is still there next to me in the morning is a miracle. <laughs> but if you think about it, for 20 years, she's just decided she's just going to be there every day next to me. I feel very humbled. And so we've, I've been thinking a lot about um, our, our anniversary and I've been thinking back to the day that we got married. And as part of my talk today, I wanted to share a little bit with you about that day because it was a super special day, like all of our wedding days are, uh, but it was also really surprising for me. So I, I made a deal with Heidi as we led up to our wedding day. Uh, I said to her that I would write her a song and sing her a song during our wedding ceremony. And so I was pretty daunted and pretty excited at the same time about this idea and, and I felt inspired uh, and I had this song and we rehearsed it and it came to the day and I got up there and I sang this song to Heidi trying not to, uh, to cry and all that kind of stuff and I thought it went well and I was just getting down uh, to go and stand next to her again and I, I noticed her cousin Sean, he wandered off and I was like what's going on and Heidi looked like she was up to something. You know when your spouse has a look, uh, or someone that you know, you know they're up to something. And Sean came out with this bowl of water, and I was like, what's going on? And the next thing, my best man moved a seat, and Heidi said to me, excuse me. She said, please sit down. <laughs> I didn't want to cry. She said, sit down. And she bent down in her Finery. You know, for the ladies, the wedding day is just like the supreme day. You know, they, 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 they get their hair just right and their makeup and they spend all this time trying to get the most beautiful dress to sort it out. And it's like their day. You know, the guy just stands there and he's a bit of a sideshow in all reality. You know, <laughs> the wedding day is all about the woman. Let's be fair. And she asked me to sit down, and I was like, okay. And then she bent down on her knees and started taking off my shoes. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? And then she took off my socks, and she started to wash my feet. <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> Let me tell you, on the day, there were tears and snot everywhere. <laughs> I was a complete wreck. And it's funny, when you look at the photos of our wedding day, my best man is looking away, wiping tears. We had a room of about 300 people. We just basically said to the church, whoever wants to come, please come, you know? It was rammed full, and it's this wonderful bride, dressed in white, on the most special day of her life, was on her knees, washing my feet. Now, she is a gifted woman. She is an independent woman. She's a strong woman, and yet here, she was obeying what she believed the Lord said to her to do, humbling herself and washing my feet. Now, I know that's probably not a very politically correct thing to do in this day and age, 
and I know that there are women all over the world who are fighting for their rights to be equal to men. It was nothing like that. It was beautiful. It was a capable, gifted woman saying, I love you and I'm humbling myself before you. And I know probably some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, that is just plain weird. But I want to tell you, it did something in my heart and in my life. And I believe that as an act of obedience, I believe it's had a part to play in the success of our marriage. I really do. Having a humble heart, both of us, and serving one another. And that's what I want to talk about today. This idea that God has called us to be humble and to serve one another in love. The title of my talk is called Less is More, and I'll explain that a little bit for you in a moment. We're in, in the middle of a, a preaching series called Table Talk, and with the three, we're three weeks in now, and, and it's that time when Jesus is with his disciples at the Last Supper. Let's read then. John uh, chapter 13, we're going to read from verse 2 through to verse 17. It says, the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. This, this verse that I'm reading to you now is like the anchor verse for this whole message, really. I want us to just start it again. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and was returning to God. That is super significant. And I want to talk about that a little bit later on. So just remember that. So he, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and he wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet. Now you've probably heard the story so many times, but I want you to think about what's happening right here. The God of heaven not only humbled himself to be born as a human being on this earth, that in itself is astounding. The perfect God of heaven choosing to become a mortal man and to walk the road that you and I walk in this life, to be amongst us. I mean, who are we to come near to God? He is so perfect and so holy, and yet he chose to come and walk here. That in itself is amazing. And then in this story, you must understand that when you went for a meal at someone's house in this time, they didn't used to have nice clothes-in shoes like you and I do. They used to walk around in sandals, in the heat, in the dust and the dirt. And there used to be a servant who used to, as people came into the house, would take off their sandals and wash their feet. Now, this was just a servant in the house. No one special, if you know what I'm trying to say. Not the guest of honor. And here is Jesus, the God of heaven, who has become a mortal man to walk with us, taking off his outer garment so that he's almost in his undies, if you want to, in, in effect. It reminds me of that story in the Old Testament where David danced with all his might. You know, the king of Israel taking off all of his finery and just his undergarments as if to say, it's not about me. 
I am just a man and dancing before the Lord in, with all of his might in great indignity, but for Jesus. Here's the Son of God at the table, taking off his outer garments, getting on that floor, and washing the feet of men. I hope today that sticks in your mind like a bride shouldn't really be on her knees washing the feet of her husband on her most special day. It went against all social etiquette. But there was something way deeper behind it that Jesus was trying to convey. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist, after that, he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, he's got a bit of perspective going on right here, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? As if to say, no, 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 this isn't right. Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. So then Peter says, okay, you, you, unless, uh, so Jesus, no, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Just remember that phrase, because that applies to us too. Then, then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. He recognized how unworthy he was. But Jesus said, no, he said, uh, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. And he was talking about Judas right there. For he knew who was going, who, who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and he returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He said. You call me teacher and Lord. That's what you call me, Jesus says. And rightly so, because I am. I am your teacher and I am your Lord. For that is who I am or what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, listen please, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that should, you should do as I have done for you. You should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. And what he's saying is, we're his servants. We're the messengers that he sent. No one is greater than he is, he's saying. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Today I'm trying to expand on this secret of how Jesus had enough humility in his life that he was able to serve the disciples. You know, he calls us to serve one another. If he can serve his disciples, there's a real challenge for us and a depth, I believe, to what he's calling us to do in the way that we serve one another. 
Humility is not a task or a set of tasks. Humility is a heart attitude. That's way more difficult. It's easy to do a few things and check off a list and be nice and humble for people. But Jesus is calling us to have that kind of heart attitude that never gives up, that is never proud, that is always willing to serve. And I want to talk about that today. Someone described humility, if we were to give humility a definition today, someone described it and they said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Yeah? Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less often. That's not undervaluing ourselves or saying I'm not worthy. That's choosing to put others first. Shall I say that again? Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less often. And that's why I've titled my talk Less is More today. And I want to basically break my talk down into four points using the word less. Okay? To help us to check our hearts to help us to have humble hearts, to help us to have servant-like attitudes and to serve one another freely. Amen. Because I think if we're honest, some of us find it easier to serve other people in this room. Amen. And I think you'll understand what I mean as I talk about the few points that I want to share to you today. So, the first word that I want to use as, as, as part of the acrostic less is the word loved. How did Jesus manage to serve in the way that he did? Firstly, he knew that he was loved. It's all about identity. The Bible tells us that anchor verse that I shared with you. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power. That is huge. That is huge. All things under the power of Jesus. That means that Jesus came from the Father. He knew who he was in God. He knew that he was loved. He knew that he was completely loved. He knew that he was completely accepted. You know, if you are in a place where you don't know that you're loved, and you don't know that you're completely accepted, you might be tempted to try and be somebody. Do you know what I'm saying? You find people in life who are constantly trying to prove themselves to be somebody. They've got to stand out. They've got to make a statement of their life because they don't know who they are, really. And they define themselves as the things that they do. Okay? There's this need to promote themselves because they don't know that they're loved and accepted just as they are. And that's a beautiful thing that we find in the gospel. That in Christ, no matter how we have behaved or how we behave, no matter what we think, no matter what we say, no matter what we do, because of Jesus, we are completely loved and accepted. And all that we have to do is take the step to get that relationship reconnected so that that love and acceptance can flow through our lives. And that makes us behave very differently with one another. Amen. When we are loved, when we are accepted, and we know that love in our lives, we behave differently. I want to tell you today, there's only one opinion that counts about you. And that's God's opinion. 
Doesn't matter what anyone has said to you in the past. Doesn't matter what you think about yourself. God's opinion of you is the only one that counts. And he thinks you are awesome. So awesome that he would send Jesus to come and die so he could rescue you and get back into relationship with you. Had nothing to do with anything that you did. But only his love for you. And so I want you to know today, as we seek to be humble and to serve one another as Jesus served the disciples, it's important for us to know who we are. Because when we know who we are, it changes the way that we live. Amen. You are loved. You are loved and accepted. You are loved and accepted today. My second point, or the second word, is the word end. Jesus knew the end to which he had come. Right? That frames it a little bit better. Not only did Jesus know that he was loved and accepted, the Bible tells us he knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God. Why is that so significant for us today? If you happen to think that you've come to be because of some mistake, some unplanned situation, you will think of yourself in a way that is unhelpful and is going to cause you to behave in ways where you're trying to be a somebody. Jesus knew that he was from God. Like us, need to un- we need to understand that every single one of us is here today because God purposed it. Because God has a plan for your life. If you think you're an accident or a mistake, your purpose is white, it's wishy-washy. There's no definition to you. You wander through life trying to be something but not knowing what that really is. Jesus knew where he was from and who he was and what he was all about. And that caused him to live with humility because he knew everything that he was doing was honoring the Lord. He wasn't trying to create some kind of an agenda or be a somebody. He was just trying to honor his father. I want to tell you today that your life is full of meaning. But that meaning is found in understanding that you are God's plan. That he has a purpose for every one of your days. When you understand that, you live your life doing even the most insignificant things in the name of Jesus and feeling rich and fulfilled. If you feel like it's only the servants that sweep the floor or wash the feet, pride rises up inside of you and you hold yourself at a distance and there are certain things that are beneath you. But I want you to know, Jesus, there was nothing beneath him. Can you see? He was prepared to get on the floor and wash feet. And he said, what I've done for you, do it for one another. Your purpose is found in God. If you don't know what the purpose of your life is, there is a great plan. There's a great general plan for your life. And there's details that we find as we go along. But everything is a joy when we do it for the Lord because we know the end for which we come. Amen. 
So you are loved. There's a purpose for your life. Jesus knew the end to which he had come. My third point is the word safe. Jesus was secure in himself. He was secure. Um, that anchor verse for us says that he, he, he knew that he had come from God and that he was returning to God. Jesus knew that this life wasn't the end. That there was something way better. This was just some practice, rehearsal, something that he was passing through and he was gonna, there was an end where he was going to be with the Father again in heaven. And the point that I want to make here again, when we talk about being humble, when we talk about being servant-like, there's no fear in our lives. We don't fear where the road is taking us in Jesus because we know that the Father has our back. When we know that our lives are in the palm of God's hand, that no one can snatch us out of his palm, we don't live fearfully. We give ourselves to things that people normally wouldn't give themselves to. We become risk takers. You know, humility sometimes isn't someone sitting on the floor. It's me simply saying, I'm prepared to put what I thought was a good plan to one side just to do your purpose, Lord. And I don't know where that's going to take me or what it's going to look like or how it will impact my life or my circumstances or my financial situation, but I know that you've got my back, Lord. I'm safe in you. And so I'm prepared to serve you, God, in whatever way you teach or you lead me to, whether that's washing someone's feet, whether that's putting chairs out on a Sunday, whether that's going to a distant nation in your name. I know that I'm safe in you. Jesus knew that he was perfectly in the will of God, that he was loved, that he was accepted. He knew where his life was taking him and ultimately where he would end up. And so he could walk through this life and be exactly who God wanted him to be without fear. I pray that you and I will be the kind of people who have no fear of regrets when we come to the end of our life saying, I wish that I had done this for the Lord. I knew I should have, but I didn't because I didn't quite trust him. Amen. Some of us might end up in that position, and I pray we don't. I pray that we step into the plan that God has for us. Bravely, courageously, faith-filled in the little things, the insignificant things, seemingly. There's nothing insignificant in the Lord, though. And in the big things. And then we have no fear of the future either. We have no fear that if I take the first step down this road, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes our fear of the future prevents us from getting started. There's a scripture in the verse that says, Perfect love casts out all fear. Fear is not God's plan for your life. If you experience fear in your life, there's something going on in your understanding of God that's not quite right. And once you get that fixed with the Word of God, that fear will fall away. When you know that you're loved, when you know that you're accepted, when you know that you're safe in God's hand, you don't let fear determine how you live. Amen. Jesus knew he was loved. He knew the end to which he had come. He knew that he was safe. 
And lastly, my fourth point is the word strokes. Okay? You know how we go through life if we're feeling a little bit insecure, and I'm putting my hand up. You know, as I talk about all of these things, I see them in my life. We do things, and we just love it when people say, oh, well done, you did such a great job, and they give us a little pat or a stroke on the back. Do you know what I'm saying? Jesus wasn't living for that. I don't know if you looked in the Bible and you noticed he wasn't interested in earthly applause. Amen? He did stuff that was crazy. He did stuff that was socially unacceptable, but he was obeying the Lord in humility and serving him because he knew the only applause that mattered was the day when he crossed through the line, when he gave his last breath for us, and he stood before the Father, and the Father welcomed him back and said, you've done it. You did it. You did it. You are the man. Well done. Good and faithful servant. That's the only applause that matters. We have one audience and his name is Jesus. And what he thinks is so much better and more important than what other people think. You know, people have expectations for your life. Everyone has a different expectation. Everyone has a different idea about what you should do and who you should be and how you should do it. But at the end of the day, the only one that counts is that you be the person that God has put you on this earth to be. You humbly serve him in the way that he calls, calls you to serve him. That you put the agendas of the world aside and you just be you, loved, accepted, empowered by the Spirit of God. Knowing that when your time on this life is over, the applause of heaven will welcome you home. And your inheritance will be waiting for you. If you don't know that there is an inheritance for you when you leave this earth and you cross over to eternity, you're going to live this life on earth trying to gather stuff, trying to be somebody, trying to do something as if this stuff is what defines you. And you know what? At the end, you can't hold on to it. It stays behind. It means nothing. The Bible says moths destroy it. It gets eaten up. We can live our lives now humbly serving the Lord and investing in eternity. Amen? Amen. I hope your perspective is being challenged today. Jesus was talking to his friends and his brothers around the table and he was making such a profound statement. He was helping them to get their focus right before his time was up. He was imparting home truths to them, leaving them with nuggets so that when his time was finished, they could go on. This is so significant, folks. This is so significant for us. So I want to finish this morning uh, with 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 7. Peter writes, all of you. Can you say all of you? Did all of you say it? <laughs> all of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Listen now. 
because God opposes the proud. He's not ambivalent about pride. He gets wound up by proud. You know that thing that irritates you and makes you boil on the inside? Pride does that for the Lord. We need to smash every ounce of pride out of our lives. We're not talking about being ground into dust like a worm on the ground. We're talking about complete surrender to Jesus. Lord, it's all about you. God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Do you want God's favor on your life? Do you want to live in the fog, the favor of God? If you want to live in his favor, and that favor is way better than anything that you can conjure up in this life, walk humbly before him. Be humble and surrender humbly to him. His favor will be all over you that it'll get everybody else around you as well. But if you want to live in pride, you can hold on to that pride and you'll miss the favor of God. It can't be released completely on your life until you completely let go. And sometimes that's a process. I let go of the pride that I'm aware of today. But tomorrow something else will come up and then I will let go of that as well. And I will deal with pride ruthlessly in my life for the glory of God. God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Listen to me now. Sometimes some of us are guilty of saying, God, would you humble me? Can I encourage you please not to pray that prayer? Because you'll get way more than you bargained for. Okay. Rather, Peter says, humble yourself before that sorry humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand humble yourself surrender yourself let go of the pride and know that God is so mighty and able that he will not let you fall that he will care for every detail of your life if you walk humbly humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand listen that he may lift you up don't be a somebody who's constantly trying to promote themselves. Don't be the somebody who's always going to have an angle, that is always doing something because it's going to benefit me. Hey? Do you find yourself doing that? I find myself doing that sometimes. God calls us to humble ourselves and to trust Him. You know, in the right time, He's going to lift us up. That's what the Bible says, that He may lift us up in due time. There's a moment when God will lift you up and exalt you and honor you, not above Jesus, but acknowledge you. That's the day ultimately when we stand before him and he says, well done. But even in this life, when we live under the favor of God, he will open doors for us of opportunity that no man can close. His favor will flow into our lives and his blessing. And people will be astounded by it because we walk humbly with him. And verse 7 of 1 Peter 5 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows what tomorrow looks like. He knows every detail of tomorrow and tomorrow's tomorrow. 
All we do is we rest in him, humbly serving him. Amen. I want to encourage you to walk with different eyes this week. As you serve in your family, as you serve in your workplace, wherever you go, humbly serve the Lord because ultimately it is him that we serve. Amen. But we express it in the way that we serve one another. There's no pecking order in this church. Everyone sees, God sees every single one of us the same. I've said this before, and I'm not saying it because I want recognition. I'm saying it, and I do it because I need to do it. I sweep the steps, the poop off the steps every day. Amen. Because it's not beneath me. All right. And I never want it to be beneath me. I never want people to think, well, James, you shouldn't be doing that. You should find someone else to do it. Yeah, there's plenty of people probably that could do it. But why am I better than them? Why can't I do it? And that's the attitude I believe God wants us to have. Obviously, practically, we can't all be doing it because there's only one brush, okay? And it's my brush. You have to bring your own, okay? We are called to walk humbly and to serve one another. And so part of that and part of this challenge to you is I want to say that there are dozens of wonderful, humble, servant-hearted people that serve you on a Sunday that put out the chairs, that make the coffee, that carry heavy stuff, that set all the equipment up. That's what God has called us to. And there are many more opportunities to serve on a Sunday. We constantly need more people. So part of this challenge to all of us, if you're not part of, of one of our teams on a Sunday, I want to encourage you to speak to me and I can find places where you can help all of us to share the load and we can serve one another. Amen. Is God challenging anyone today? He's challenging me. He's challenging me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wonder if the team can come up and lead us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us today. You might be here today and you've really been struggling with this whole sense of identity actually and it prevents you you're constantly afraid that people are going to take advantage of you maybe and so you don't present a humble side of yourselves or you don't put yourself in a position where people can take advantage of you you know no one could take advantage of Jesus it was impossible to take advantage of Jesus because he was prepared to serve you know People only take advantage of you if you let them. And I wonder if some of you are here today and you're really struggling with this idea of being loved and accepted by the Lord and you feel like you have to prove yourself. If that's you today, I want to encourage you. There'll be folks who would love to pray with you at the front today. Come and ask God to release you from that fear and from that pride and to impart a supernatural awareness of his affection for you. You may have grown up with the sense that God is just angry with you and every time you do something wrong, he just wants to give you a hiding. You need to know that he poured out that anger on Jesus on the cross. It's spent on Jesus. And today, you can come into the presence of the Lord 
You can come into a relationship with the Father and know peace from all of that fear and all of that shame. All of that fear and all of that shame can be washed away. And so I want to give you that opportunity today. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to do that too. And I'm also asking that God is just going to enable us as a congregation to be so humble and so willing to serve that fruit just abounds in our lives. That we are so willing just to lay our lives at his feet as if we are money in his hand to spend. Lord, spend me today for your glory. I put myself in your hand and I'm willing. If that's you today, just say that to the Lord. Shall we stand together? I'd love us to all bow our heads if we can and just close our eyes. I just want us to all have the privacy of this moment before the Lord. It's just us, me and God. Forget about everyone else around you. Just fix your eyes on the Lord and come to Him honestly today. If you have never, ever taken that step to cross the line and say, God, I'm all yours, everything that I am. I'm giving my life to you today. Forgive me for my sin. Come and be the Lord of my life. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want you just to quickly pop your hand up in the air. I'm going to pray. And if, uh, you, um, if you can connect with any part of the prayer that I'm about to pray, if it resonates with you, I want you to wrap your heart around this prayer and make it your own today. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your unquenchable love. Thank you for your unshakable acceptance of us today. Thank you that in you, God, there is no fear. That your love just washes over us today. God, I pray if there's any sense in us today of striving to be somebody, that God, you would just release us from that internal striving right now. That you would pour your acceptance into our hearts. That you would whisper to our hearts, you are loved. You are perfect. I've made you perfect in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Release us, God from that need to prove ourselves. Release us, Lord, from that need to please people. We just want to please you, God. Just want to please you. Lord, today we lay everything of our lives at your feet. Everything of our lives, Lord. Open hands. God, I pray that you would speak your will to be in our lives, that you would clarify for us the specific call that you have on us, that you would direct our feet as we humbly walk in your name, Lord. That you would glorify Jesus in our lives, Lord. That we would take our open hands and just latch them onto Jesus, God. All for you, Lord. All for you and your glory. No one is worthy like you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to continue with an attitude of worship, folks. just want to encourage you to come with a right heart before the Lord and let Him lead you today. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.